As a part of our communion message this morning and our celebration, I would like you to focus with me this morning on Philippians 2, 5 through 8, and the humility of Christ. As we receive these passages, I would like you to remember your salvation and the price that was paid for it. If you do not have a Bible, please hold up your hand and we will provide, provide one for you. Please turn to Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Read with me. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Please note that the central theme of these passages describes the incarnation of Christ. It is considered the most grand and wonderful of all things that God has ever done. Or will do. It is this miracle that has allowed us as believers to participate in God's amazing grace. Jesus became for us the perfect sacrifice for our sin and the ultimate example of humility. Let's focus first on Jesus' humility. In verse 6, it says, He existed in the form of God, but did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. This is where the incarnation begins. It is particularly important in these passages to understand how God, through Paul, expresses himself. The word form in the phrase, form of God, in Greek, is morphe. And it signifies a form which truly and fully expresses the being which underlies it. The underlying being is God. The statement is saying that Jesus Christ existed in the form of God. Jesus is God. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Second, Paul continues in, the, in verse 6, speaking of Jesus' equality with God. The Greek word for equality is, is isis, which means being exactly equal in all things, size, quantity, character, quality, all things. Paul is saying that Jesus is equal to God. Jesus' humility is expressed in verse 6 in the statement, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He did not grasp being equal to God. Even though Jesus is equal to God and had all the rights and privileges, power and honors being God, he did not grasp it. He did not hold on to it tightly. He didn't embrace it. He didn't prize it. He existed as God, but he refused to cling to that favored position. Not accepting his favored position with God. 
was not enough. Verse 7 goes on to say, but emptied himself. He did not only, he not only did not grasp his equality with God, but now emptied himself. He had every right to fill himself up with his godliness, but chose the opposite. He refused to use what was rightly his. He refused to cling to his advantages and privileges as God. Jesus, who is God and is all-powerful, who created all things, has everything, can do all things, is fully satisfied with himself, emptied himself. How, how can we explain this? First of all, it does not mean that he gave up his deity. He did not cease to be God. He did not stop being God, nor did he give up any part of his nature. Emptied, as used in this passage, is represented by the Greek word kenosis. It relates specifically to Christ's self-emptying in his carnation. He voluntarily set aside the use of his attributes. He continued to be omniscient and omnipresent. However, he gave up the use of these attributes. As a part of kenosis, Jesus also sometimes functioned within limitations of humanity, as seen in Matthew twenty-four thirty-six. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. Jesus did not cease to be God during his earthly ministry, but he was willing to set aside the character of God and take on the likeness of mankind. So what does this look like to us? Jesus gave up his position in heaven with the Father. He gave up the comforts of heaven to come to a darkened world. A world where his people had little or no respect for him. He voluntarily allowed himself to be imprisoned and beaten and put to death as a criminal. He gave up all his dependent authority. He completely submitted himself to the will of the Father. Verse 8 says, He took on the form of a bondservant. He was obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He gave up his personal riches. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. He gave up a favorable relationship with God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And Matthew 27.46 My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Why? That is the miracle of Christianity. Believer, this is the miracle that you and I rejoice over. It brings us to our knees in humility and thankfulness. There is no greater gift. 
As a Christian, we can visualize God looking down on wretched sinners who hate him and who are his enemies and willingly give up his privileges as God to fulfill his promise to his children. This is the humility that begins with the incarnation. Why would God do this? Very simple. To save sinners like you and me. Believers, please join me in taking communion to rejoice and remember the goodness of our God and Savior. If you are here today and not a believer, in other words, if you have not repented of your sins and have not acknowledged that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, then please allow the bread and the juice to pass you by. We're excited to have you here. And I can assure you that you will hear the gospel message of Christ this morning. Please take this time to contemplate God's goodness in humbling himself to the point of death on a cross for the forgiveness of sins. But please do not leave today without speaking to someone about what it means to be saved.